0: Oh, the theme music gets me hyped every week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to This Week in the... of Novus. i to... I know what you did last, uh, winter. I know, man. Too many podcasts, I host. I know what you did last winter. Our Game of Thrones, uh, recap podcast. Presented by Brother's Comics. Were you thinking uh, that LeBron, uh, took the black as opposed to continue to play for <laughs> <Is> the <it? laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, uh, jeez, Louise, man. I, I, yeah, I host a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Uh... I know what you did last winter, presented by Brothers Comics of uh, one of our many podcasts on this
1: network, obviously. Uh we recap uh episode by episode Game of Thrones. We are in season one, episode four, called Crippled, Bastards, and Broken Things. On the line tonight are my two favorite Westerosis from the West Side. It's the best side. Uh it's the Sandman.
2: So Sandman at your service once again, people. What's going
1: on? That's right. And then also, uh, he is our master. the grand maester, it's,
3: it's Brother Beavis. Is that from the east side, which is the least side? Is that... Is
4: no, <laughs> oh, the, west, the west
3: side is the best side. Oh,
4: yeah, okay. that's the
1: good side. Yeah. Yeah. We, on this one, we're all on the same side. Right. All right, so episode three ended uh, with Ned Stark looking at his daughter, scared out of his mind, uh, what he has actually gotten his daughter into as she's study and to train, to to fight. Uh, And then again, this this show does not continue from where you last picked off. It's going to pick up a a completely different place. And we go back to Winterfell, and you see Bran Stark, who you all know from watching the first few episodes, should be crippled. And you see him standing, shooting a bow and arrow, uh, but you also see this big black bird uh, with three eyes, which is a three-eyed raven, and Brother Beavis is going to explain a little bit about the three-eyed <laughs> raven. <for us.
3: laughs> I think I, I don't know if like old man had told a story about it at some point, but at this point, it's it's like uh, they talk about it as sort of the source of visions. But they even in the books and particularly in the show, they haven't gone into as much detail to really figure out what it is. But it's sort of you know these are the the magical elements that the show really plays lightly with in the first season um, that I think is a big part of what, like, drew people in. Because if you went, like, too much magic, I think a lot of people would have quit on this show uh, pretty early. Yeah.
1: And they don't, yeah. like, scrub the lens or anything like that to look that, like, oh, this is a dream sequence. Yeah. It looks yeah. like everything. It's <laughs> like, oh, shit, Bran is cured. You know, I, I, who knew? He can walk. And it's not. And He opens his eyes, and he's still stuck in that bed. And, um... We're going to get a visit from a character that we hadn't seen too much um, the first few episodes after after the first, really, episode. And then we're going to get an introduction to a new character that's going to become very important. So in walks in the door is Theon. Theon is the squire for the Starks after. And it's going to come up a little bit later in the episode, so I'll, I'll save Brother Beavis for that one. And then he comes in, and then he's going to bring in another character named Holdor, who is really the man servant for... Brand. He's going to take Brand everywhere that he needs to go. Pick him up. Put him down. Drag him. This is his job. And all that he is. Um. He is Groot because all he says is Holdor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's that. Just variations of Holdor. 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 Uh. Sandman. Uh. On the rewatch, c- kind of knowing what you know, you know, it's a good introduction for Holdor.
2: Yeah, it is. Um. Yeah, no one will be knowing what we know and I'm I'm not gonna give anything away. But uh yeah. obviously. But yeah, see it, it was kinda of so casually, you know, he just introduces, like, hold on, get your hands in here. Like yeah. Mr. Brand is like,
4: Oh shit, hold on
2: you know, mm-hmm. seeing him again. I was like, Oh damn, you know, and it's kind of uh, all the memories floated back and you know what what happens and stuff. So, you know, it was kinda of so quickly and informal and um knowing what we know about it now, it's like, Oh, hopefully oh, <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, so um Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, yeah he's yeah. a fun
1: character to use like early on. Um and I'll be interested to see as he becomes more important as the as the series goes on and the season goes on as well. I'll be interested to kind of contrast him from Bookhold or uh Brother Beavis, but we'll we'll leave it for another time. Dion comes to get Brand because they're in the King's room at Winterfell. Um Tyrion Stark who had left the wall and he's on his way back to King's Landing is here to present a Tyrion gift. Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. What did I call him? Stark. Sorry, Sorry. Tyrion Lannister <laughs> is back. <laughs> that would be a different story. <laughs> that would be a different story. Tyrion Lannister is back on his way back to King's Landing. He stops back in Winterfell because it is a long journey. And he is greeted by uh, Robb Stark, who is the lord of Winterfell, while his father is in King's Landing. Um, it's a very tense field scene. Um... I think there is an imp drop in there, um, and uh, Tyrion is condescending as usual, and kind of curious as to why Lady Stark was not there to greet him. Um, but he does come bearing gifts. He brings a uh, like a blueprint of how to get Bran to be able to to ride a horse, even though he is a um, uh, a cripple and cripple. He can't use his legs, right? And he does drop the title of the show. He has a, an affinity for cripples, bastards, and broken things. And, you know, and he has genuine concern about Bran. Like, he's like, wow, it is true, you know, that you are alive, because that's his first time actually seeing him. What did you think about
3: that scene, Brother Beavis? Yeah, I mean, so they you know, they they were told, like Rob was told before, like, Caitlin left, that the Lannisters were behind us or whatever. So he's, like, yeah. on his guard, trying to be hard, and then he sees somebody who has, like, genuine compassion for his brother. And, you know, I here again, like, Tyrion knows probably 90% of what's going on, and he's just trying to figure out that last little bit, uh, whether to do something about it or just satisfy his own curiosity. It's a a good
1: scene, too, and he's like, okay, you've done my brother a favor. Uh you may yeah. stay in
3: like Winterfair. He's like, Nah, I'll find a whorehouse. Yeah, Rob's like <laughs> trying to be all hard. And then as soon as he like like you know, proves his point, he's like, Oh damn, i h I'm not so hard and he's like, Well fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a it's a great
1: little seed for Terry and he's like, you know, meh, I'm good. There's a whorehouse outside your walls. That's where you'll find me. Uh so yeah. So he left he leaves the wall uh leaves the the, the king's room. And goes outside and Theon's out there to greet him and we have this exchange between Theon and Tyrion, which I think, kinda moving forward, like this might be like one of their only scenes together. Um I don't think that they cross paths really too much after this point. And so outside Theon and he tells Theon tells him like, Hey, you know, there's a whore named Roz, um that, you know, go over there, she'll treat you good or whatever and you know, Tyrion like, yeah, okay. He's like, and why are you here? So explain to the viewers why Theon is in the uh
3: possession of the Starks <laughs> So um in the midst of the rebellion against the Targaryens or somewhere thereabouts, the uh the uh the the Greyjoys decided that they wanted to be kings. And so, actually, it can't have happened at the same time. But at one point, the Greyjoys decided they were going to be the king of the Iron Islands. And they got uh, knocked the fuck out, the fuck out. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> and so, uh, he was, I think, the youngest of three or four brothers, uh, all of the other ones who died. And so, as sort of a, to keep uh Bale and Rachel in check, his last remaining heir was given as a ward to the Starks, but essentially he's a hostage, uh, to make sure the Greyjoys don't get any more ideas. Yeah. And, um, Tyrion is quick to remind him of that.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that he is there under the, under the, the, the tutelage, so to speak of the Starks. Um, it's a, another
3: they, L in a long series of Ls, yeah. that, that yeah, the great one that Theon has to take.
4: Yeah. <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, yeah. So
1: he tells him that, hey, if you like redheads, uh, again, there's this lady, Roz. Uh, Tyrion's like, yeah, I'll try not to wear her out. And he's like, by the way, the next time, you know, he pulls into his change purse, and like, next time you go see Roz, it's on me and throws some money like at Theon, which is pretty much a, like a dick-in-your-face move. Um like really bad. Um uh, is not it yeah, it's a really bad move and uh it it'll come up actually later on, but yeah. Um great great little scene between those two and like I said, I don't think they cross paths too much. Definitely not I don't think again as the series moves on. Uh so we move there and we go back to the wall. Uh remember John Snow is there. Uh he thought it was gonna be something bigger than it was. It is a big wall, uh, but the job isn't so much as he's recognizing that the people that serve at the wall. Most of the recruits are um, fuck-ups, uh, for lack of a better term. And introducing a nicer fuck-up, here comes a new character, <laughs> uh, Samuel Tarly. Uh He's a hefty fella, to say the least. Um, he comes there. He's not, um, I don't even know what you were describing him as, other than just a big tub of, of goo. Um, Husky.
3: Husky, husky, I believe, is the technical <laughs> yeah. term.
1: Yeah, he is husky, uh, and uh, his husky self uh, is scheduled to fight, or they want him to train or whatever. And he, uh,
3: I, I titled the scene in my notes, "I
4: yield, I yield."
3: <laughs> he has a everybody... he has a Malky esque debut at the wall. The
2: <laughs> yeah. he actually it doesn't like us. A actually screw it like a pig. It, it was actually kind of disturbing. It was like, oh, yeah. Mm. I, I, I yelled. I was
1: like, oh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> Sam explains his history here in a little bit in a scene with John, uh, which we'll come to in a little bit. Uh, but it's quickly established that John takes a shine to him in the fact that he knows that this kid can't defend himself for anything, um, like anything. And, you know, Sam becomes a very important character for the series moving forward. So, you know, uh, kind of off the top of your head, like how do you feel about Sam, uh, for, uh, Sammy?
2: I mean, first impressions. If you know knowing what we know now, I mean, we know there's more to him. But at <laughs> at first, I mean, you know, there's going to be something more for him to play down the line. But boy, well, I mean, he's he's pretty much ballast right now, and that's about it. Uh, dead weight. Yeah. They don't know. uh, yeah and that's about it Uh, um, and you know immediately that he's going to have some kind of role but john snow so more to come brother beavis
1: were were you always a fan of sam tarley
3: i think the the fact that they give his story in close proximity i think you you know you don't go too long thinking this is just a worthless piece of shit um when when his story hits it's like oh I think the guy that plays him is phenomenal. So yeah. you know, he's yeah. there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of theories that like Sam is you know basically George R, R. Martin writing himself into the story. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I like him. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. He's
2: on a my, I, yeah. Sorry.
1: No, that's I'm saying on my original watch of the show, I was not a fan of Sam uh, like at all, uh, just because. I don't know. I don't know why. I just was not a fan of his. Um, but knowing what I know, you know, he's a very important character. It's just I think sometimes uh, later on, especially, he gets burdened with some stuff that he did not need to get burdened with. But uh, we'll save it for then. Okay. For some uh, reason, sorry. I
3: have sympathy for husky nerds who get picked on. So I don't know why. <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> probably completely random. Yeah. <laughs> Duly noted. He does <laughs> drop the back <laughs> <laughs>
1: He does back the fact that I'm a coward and the people that John had been training are like, man, he just said he's a coward. Now everybody's oh, going to think we're a coward. We're going to get beat up too.
3: <clears throat> like, um, it's, like it's catching. It's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: he, you can't even stand there. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What's, I
3: think the irony is like Sam knows exactly what he is. Like there's not any point in time where Sam pretends he's anything other than what he is. He's like, hey, look, but, you need to know. Yeah. I can't fight.
4: I can I'm scared of
3: everything. I'm fat.
4: I really have no skills.
2: I mean, <laughs> he is pretty honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> think about and the fact it, that everybody hilarious. keeps asking, like, what are you doing here? There's, do you know yeah. where you are? <laughs> you know, yeah, know. And as his fantastic.
1: backstory unfolds, much like John, which is probably why they share a kinship, he has no business being there either. Uh, he's there because of an adult in his life was really just like, I'm kind of done with you. Um, and that's why he winds up at the wall. So, all right, off to the Dothraki. Um, as we the Dothraki get to their version of whatever kingdom that they have, there's lots of horse statues and figurines or whatever. They get super excited as they get close, man. They really start riding those horses really
4: fast. It's like, ah,
1: as they cheer into wherever they're going. Um, they, yeah, they, there's a conversation that's being had by, uh, Jorah of Mormont and, uh, Khaleesi and her thought process is, you know, do you really think that the Dothraki could, you know, defeat the, the king and the kingdoms and, you know, whatever. And he tells her, "It's like, yeah, y'all ain't never crossed the seven sea, you know, the narrow sea. So I don't have, you know, no, I guess. He's like, well, you know, if y'all if King Robert decided to do that, yeah, but the people advising him, they would never tell him to go fight him head to head. You know, like he's trying to explain to her and give her like kind of general um like rules of war or and and what's going on. And Khaleesi's still trying to figure herself out, like of, of what kind of leader she's going to be. Uh you're a big fan of Jorah, right, Brother Beavis.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Although yeah, actually he's... now having seen his like Really bad Scooby Doo move in the last episode or so. I, yeah. I he did get a knockdown or not. Knock. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. don't know that I picked that up on first right. viewing, but he's like, What? Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> I gotta go. There you
2: Stage left and he was out. That was and
1: George's whole thing is like he wants to go home. And he knows that if he does go home, his you know Ned Stark's gonna put his head on a spike for his role in selling slaves. And he tells the story about you know he was trying to impress his wife, who wound up leaving him for another dude anyway. Um,
3: just keep. Yeah, that I don't know here, if they Ned. go. I can't remember if they go deeper into his story, but the whole story was like he won a tournament and he won the purse, and as a result, he got to marry this lady. But he like never won again, and she just spent all his money. And yeah, um, so like his know. whole thing was like trying to make money and that's why he sold some what he regarded as bad people as into slavery, but that put him on the list. So Yeah. Right. And and his his well, and a theme going
1: forward, his ability to keep um pushing forward for some women that don't really want him, um, uh, is an in, in uh exemplary status. Yeah. Uh he's <laughs> just kinda of somebody who falls for people in in situations uh he leaves like with his heart like a lot um so yeah i mean i- i I love the character I, at at first, I was like it's kind of weird because she's so young and she's presented as being young and he's old, and he's presented as being old, so their scenes together are kind of creepy um but yeah i mean I think generally speaking, even though whatever we know what we know, even generally speaking, I think his heart is mostly in the right place right all right, right. so. As we get to the Dothraki there, uh, we're going to have what we call the tub scene. Uh, we talked before we started recording. The, Brother Beaver said the N-word did appear in the credits for this episode, but I think this is as good as it's going to get. Um, as we see the back, uh, a lot of the back of... Um, the, now, what's this girl's name? You said that there were two of them, Brother Beaver. And there's and, three and of they look them. Exact, there's three of them,
5: okay. There's like three of names names?
3: right now. Um, yeah. Not to um downplay the significance of women, but no. I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not that doesn't too. mean they're not important. Uh, yeah, but uh no I don't know her name. Well it's it's a it's a interesting
1: scene. Um she was there hired to uh to be a handmaiden for Khaleesi, but she's also uh, you know, uh, a whore. She was also there to teach Khaleesi how to, you know, how to please her man, so to speak. And so she's having this scene with, is that, I can always forget his name. Is this Viserys, right? Viserys, right. Yeah, he's okay. A- so he this, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Viserys is there, and it's like, they're having this scene about, you know, essentially she wants to know where the dragons went. And, you know, there's these tales that she's heard and, you know, he's got dragons' blood in him. So, you know, she's kind of attracted to the this idea and she likes the dragons because they can fly and they can do all this stuff. And he knows a lot about the dragons from, having used to live in, in, in King's Landing and he knows all the dragons' names which really turns her on like it was just a really weird scene I was like bitch all I got to do is recite some dragon names I'd just be making that shit up um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was Scooby and Ricky
4: <laughs> Ronnie Bobby Mike uh, I mean whatever and, That's and the big one you. was Bocephus and that motherfucker yeah. <laughs> <fly. Yeah. laughs> he came in like <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so
1: and he tells the stories of the 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 the, uh, the dragon skulls that are still left at the bottom of um, uh, of the castle, you know, and it's a real big deal for her. And you know, as they're getting into it, or she's getting more into it, he's like, you know, and they're, you know, she's like, they're all gone. He's like, D- wait, the, what? What did I hire you for? Why are you making me so? <laughs> all these dragons started making my penis soft. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> So uh, he does not care for her asking all these questions. And he does the most viscerous thing of all time. He, after he gets mad, he's just like, get on with it.
4: <laughs> 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 and he doesn't even look at her. Like, that's the best part. <laughs> he's just like, look at the and like, get on with it. <laughs> and
1: so that is the end of that's Viserys' sex life. Right there.
3: Um so, uh, this this did you kinda of alluded to it, but this does sort of make a nonsensical scene from a couple episodes ago, like make a little more sense. So Viserys specifically hired her to teach uh Daenerys how to please a man, which mm-hmm. she assumed that man was uh Aquaman, but it's, it's actually Aquaman. Viserys. Like he's like, yeah. You didn't think I was teaching her to plead for that like he's yeah. just this is his proving ground so he can bang out his sister so yeah it it's just the the whole thing is terrible uh, yeah. yeah but it, it's a little less random than it seemed a couple weeks ago
1: yeah and he's just a terrible yeah. person too like I mean yeah. he's completely unlikable there's not a likable characteristic about Vizaris at all
3: um yeah. so yeah there's very <laughs> stre- very few extreme characters in this show um mm. you know we've got Ned right. is like the ultimate good guy. At this point Viserys is the ultimate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, character. He's not a, he is not a cool
1: heel. He is definitely, you know, I hate everybody. I hate your town. I hate everything. And it's not cheap. Heat. Like he's really hated by everybody. Um He does drop in there that the Yeah, he does drop in there that the iron throne uh the iron throne, uh, throne was uh forged by like the dragon's breath or whatever. Like that's something that comes, you know. It's like a throwaway line or whatever, but, um, yeah, it, it, he does drop that line in there, which I thought was pretty interesting too. So yeah, it's a good scene. Uh, it's made great to me by his face, like get on with it. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I could play that on a loop in my house and I would laugh for 24 hours cause it's just never, uh, yeah. So anyway, all right, so there's that. And then we go back to King's Landing. Um, and to the throne room, and there's Sansa, one of my favorite characters, that's sarcasm. And uh, she's with her her handmaiden, I guess. And um, she's constantly worried about what Joffy thinks about her. You know, he doesn't like me, he's not going to love me. What if I only have little girl babies and
3: no kings or whatever, or no boys? What if I you know, star whatever. in a terrible X-Men movie and I really don't pull <laughs> off the character?
2: Seems to be shunned by all.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well played, sir.
4: Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just
1: it's just, just like it, it's almost like a it's like a filler scene to kind of bridge the gap and also to talk about you know what she remembers or she knows that her uncle and her grandfather were killed in this room as well. Um, she's a troubled character from the beginning, right, Sandman? I mean, there's really there's no happy moments for Sansa, literally at all through the first four episodes.
2: Oh yeah, I mean you could probably go a lot further than just the first four. <laughs> <Just amazing. laughs> well, for the first four we we've watched. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. The first four we watched, and I had forgotten just how unlikable she is <laughs> in the beginning of the series, and I was like, I mean, I had forgotten literally, and I was like, holy shit, she is just a horrible person to be around. Usually, she's always moping or and uh, tr- think uh, only concerned what Joffrey of all people think of her, and uh, I mean, and obviously. Teenage girls are flighty and and uh, just teenage girls, and she mm-hmm. acts like one perfectly. And um, uh, yeah, and, and you, knowing what's coming for her, it it I kind of makes me sad for her, but it's also she kind of asked for a lot of this stuff two hundred or so. Mm-hmm. Some of the things she's done, you know, done eh, yeah, not a much. here I'm with you there. I'm with you there.
1: Yeah. And she's still having all this tension with her father, um, with Ned. It's just um, that relationship is completely damaged ever since he went out and killed her dire wolf. So um, we move from the king's room uh, to the hands uh, tournament. If you remember last episode, um, the, uh, the king wanted a tournament uh, for the new hands coming to town. The kingdom is completely broke. Um, and so they had to go find the money to do this tournament or whatever. Ned, it's like I don't want any part of this shit, even though it's got my name on it. But nice. uh, yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> want anything to do. And so in the with in the meeting with the the King's Council, of course, again, Robert's not there. And so uh, I guess one of the
3: I want to call them the Praetorian Guard. Uh, what are those dudes called? <laughs> King, Peter? They refer to him as the Gold Cloaks. They are the they're not the um, they're they're basically the, ar- the army of King's Landing.
4: Mm-hmm
3: so they they keep the peace, so to speak, right, and the city they're are not, not they're not the king's guard, and they're not aligned with any of the families, but they're basically the armed forces of the capital,
1: yeah, and with the capital having this tournament um the the city is a little bit unrest as people have come into the city, you know it's probably like the Super Bowl, you know you had all these people coming into the city. And you know, people when they're on vacation, they aren't necessarily on their best behavior. Oftentimes, and so you know, uh, the whorehouses are filled, but there's fights and drunkenness in the streets as well. Um, Littlefinger's like, "Yeah, cool, because my whorehouses are filled," <laughs> um, but it's not. You know, things are uh, getting a little bit restless, uh, and so the, these guys want more troops. And so uh, Ned's like, okay, we're going to have to pay for some more troops. You know, find the money, Littlefinger. And he's like, okay, uh, I'll find it. And he's like, I'll give you 20 of my guards, I think, as well. You know, it's just time to police the city. Uh, Again, he didn't want any of this. And then it leads out of this scene into this scene with Mm -hmm. Ned and, uh, again, you have to help me out, Brother B. This is Grandmeister Paisel. Okay, this is Grandmeister Paisel. Now, Grandmaster Pisel is literally a thousand years old the way that just and they I it's a wonder the man can walk, uh, because uh man. Uh so yeah, so he's going to
3: have this conversation. You make me with- tired just watching him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need a nap and some cream yeah, on makes- my onions or something. Yeah. Shit.
4: He <laughs> makes he
1: makes he makes Dumbledore look like baby New Year, man. Like he's just <laughs> fucking so old but he's got all kinds of knowledge and he um was very close to the last hand of the king which was john aaron who died which is why ned is here as we start to tie all of this together so they're going to have
3: this scene about you know
1: what happened to to john
3: you know you want to try to take this one on brother beavis yeah, so he he's asking about what, you know, what sort of what were John's last days, and, and one of the things that Pysel remembers from his 1,000-year-old slumber is, like, he asked for this book, and Ned's like, well, I want to see the book. He's like, I don't know. It's got a lot of words, and you don't seem like you read a lot. Huh? He's like, bitch, give me the book. And so it's the book about, like, the royal families, and, uh, uh, and so Ned's like, Mm, yeah, you know what? really don't read a lot, but uh he sort of ends up with a book. Yeah, he does take the book like out of the library without checking it out. Um
4: <laughs> <laughs> kind of like heads <laughs> towards
1: the door. Like I think you need to 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 scan that out, sir. Um yeah, and it, it they do have a conversation also too about John Aaron's death, you know, like how he yeah, died. Yeah, he oh, drops
3: he, the last words.
1: Yeah. And uh, the seed is strong, is John Aaron's he's last word. Done? My son, yes. So um, he um, and and that kind of gets left with Ned, and he's kind of left with it. And then um, there's another part here too. They did talk about um, John Aaron's death, about how he died and how it was so quick. And you know, the thought that it might have been poison Ned brings up. He's like, "Oh, that's the you know." The weapon of a woman, or uh, of he—what do they say? A woman, a eunuch, or a—I have a written uh, down here, or right, um, a a craven. Yeah, uh, eunuchs, cravens, and uh, and women. And he's just like, and he kind of throws it right at the seats of uh, not Viserys, of uh, uh, Lord Varys. Like, oh, yeah. I know he's a eunuch, right? Like, yeah, everybody knows he ain't got a dick, man.
4: Like everybody knows, <laughs> you don't have to keep reminding people, okay?
3: Thank you. Why you got to bring that up? <laughs>
1: everybody knows this, man. You do not have to remind him. And I assure you, uh, Lord Bears remembers it, too. So, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a decent scene. It's moving uh, forward a plot that's really the, the central theme uh, to season one uh, that doesn't pay off for a little bit. But you're going to get uh, a, a decent payoff here in this episode as well as to um, – as to why things are starting, the conspiracy is starting to uh, kind of unravel a little bit. Uh, we go to my other favorite Stark, uh Training Day with uh, Aria. And um, it's really just like she's going to be repeating that whoever her trainer is, uh, I can never remember his name, Serious Black. <laughs> serious Black. No, serial 4L. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, he says this, and he says this, and Ned's like, whatever, man. Oh, my God. It's like my daughter talking about freaking uh, Monster High. Okay, whatever you say. All right. Just,
3: <laughs> just over and over and over. She's <laughs> like, okay, honey, whatever you say. And Lab t- rats for us right now. Oh,
1: God. Yeah, I did that phase. Um, yeah, and so, and so she's chasing cats. Like, that's a real big thing for Arya now because, you know, okay uh whatever but they do have a touching scene where it's just like hey you know she hears about Bran being awake now too and he's like well you know he always wanted to be a a knight in the king's guard and he's not gonna be able to do that anymore what kind of life did he have well well, he'll be you know lord of a hold fast and you know he can do these types of things and that and whatever and then she's like what about me can't I be the lord of a hold fast like no you're gonna be a you know, a princess. You're gonna rule your king, your lord's castle, or whatever. And the the, the line that she drops is very important because, like, yeah, that's not the life for me. That's not me. Yeah, and not for me. Yeah, and she goes back to her training. But I mean, that's a very important line for Arya moving forward. Yeah, Aria, yeah you remember
3: really, that. Remember that yeah. for six years from now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in a Chris Claremont esque fashion. Uh, he's gonna, she's gonna drop
1: this line, and it'll like kind of come up later on, much later, like six years from now. Are you a fan of Arya Sandman?
2: Yeah, I was. It wasn't immediate at first. I mean, you could tell early on that she was literally the opposite of Sansa, and God, who likes Sansa, and uh, at least early Sansa, and um, so you knew that she was going to be kind of the tomboyish of the, uh, the Stark kids, and um, you had no idea like where it was going to lead, but uh, yeah. I do like I do like uh, Arya.
1: Okay, I don't. She wasn't as annoying now, as she becomes later <laughs> for me personally. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, she's fine enough at this point.
3: All right, I think Back her story becomes so outlandish. It it's so yeah, you kind of have to stretch.
2: It's a little crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, But for now, it's fine. You know, it's like, oh, she wants to be, you know, like a tomboy and she wants to be a a knight or whatever. That's fine. You know, it makes perfect sense in that regard because she wants to be complete opposite of her sister. But, yeah, later on it gets goofy. All right. Back to the wall. Um, And at the top of the wall, um, John is there. Uh, Sam comes up to greet him up there. And then I'm going to let Brother Beavis explain Sam's story as to how he wound up at the wall.
3: Yeah, and so I mean the way he tells it is like it's chilling too because yeah. he says so so Sam is uh from House Tarley, Samuel Tarley of House Tarley and he's the oldest son of uh I can't remember what his dad's name is but they actually they actually name dropped him because I believe that when they were talking about who they killed first last year Robert Baratheon was talking about some Tarly boy. Yeah. <laughs> Master <Smashing laughs> Justin. Yeah. Oh, i be so strong, man. Yeah. yeah. So they're not like, uh, you know, they're not, they're a major house, but they're not that major of a house. And so, <clears throat> so Sam is uh, of age and he would be the heir of House Tarly, but he has a younger brother who's a couple years younger and his younger brother is everything that Sam is not. He's, he is strong. He's a hunter. He's a fighter. He's everything his dad ever wanted. So Sam, so Sam's dad tells him, "Hey, for your birthday, we're going to go hunting, and you can either take the black, or you're going to have a hunting accident. And it's going to make. In either way, uh, you know, if I have to go back and tell your mom you had a terrible accident, it'd be the happiest day of my life." And the way he tells the story is like,
2: "Damn, that's yeah. fucked
3: up." You believe yeah. everything. <laughs>
2: It, it is a messed up story.
1: Wow, yeah, it, uh, it, it that, that's one of those things that doesn't really come through when you're first watching this show. Um, it's just like, oh, you know, this scene they're talking about whatever because there's there's all the name drops and this idea of hunting accidents or whatever. It's like it's really not coming through, but when you rewatch it, this is like, ooh, ooh, damn, your daddy hated you, <laughs> like for real. Like he was literally going to kill you if you didn't leave. Like, and that's really messed up on some Cain and Abel type stuff. So, um, yeah, it's not a—it's a great scene for him. Uh, and dude is a great actor. I know you were saying that you—you know—have an affinity for Sam, but like, dude's a really good actor as well. And the interplay between him and John is very—you know—it—they—they they play well together, and you know you like them together and things that they have together. And like I said, John takes a huge—you know—like protective big brother role to him because he knows Sam can't do anything um, to protect himself, like literally nothing. Um so
3: yeah, great scene. And we shift back to King's Landing. I'm sitting here I've got it on right here. I'm sitting here watching like <clears throat> John's, reaction John's reaction story too. I mean they're it's man, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he's he's
1: good and and you know, they they're gonna have another scene together here as we go through as well that's you know, a lot of fun too. Um okay. Back to King's Landing and I call it the garden scene uh little finger meets ned uh he's like hey i hear you are reading a big boring book uh <laughs> and as they walk <laughs> yeah and again it lets you know that little finger knows every damn thing like he knows everything there's nothing that's going on in king's landing that he doesn't know and again on rewatch you're like ah why didn't i see that
4: <laughs>
1: uh, uh, but now it's like, you know, but a a, a fresh watcher you're gonna be like, oh, okay. But like, yeah. And as they move through the kingdom, you know, he starts giving him, dropping lots of clues and knowledge to him about things that are going on. You know, hey, maybe look at this, maybe look at that, you know. And, hey, uh, you see that lady over there? Yeah, she's a spy for the queen. You see that one? That's one of Laura's barraces. You see that one?
3: Uh, yeah, that one's mine, okay? You yeah. so, um, <laughs> that's the funny part I, is, like, he's like, and, oh, by the way, I'm just as bad as everybody I'm warning you
2: about. Yeah. <laughs> he tells him.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I
2: don't know what.
1: <laughs> No, he does. He tells him. He says to him, he's like, Lord uh or excuse me, uh, Littlefinger, you know, maybe I mistrusted you or whatever. He's like, mistrusting me was the shit that, that you, nice. that was the best thing you ever did. The only thing you did right <laughs> since you got here.
4: Yeah, exactly.
1: And <laughs> And the look on his face is like, nigga, you shouldn't have trusted me. Definitely don't trust me. And he, like, kind of walks off with a smirk on his face like, yeah, sorry, homie. You shouldn't have probably trusted me either. It's such a great scene for Littlefinger, too, man. It's just like, golly. And I'm looking at Ned like, dude, how do you not see, like, the problem here? Like, I just, like... It just—I mean, because you know—I mean, he tells him he's like you know, I told you, your wife because I love her that I would take care of your dumbass. But I mean, it's just—I don't know how to explain it without spoiling the hell out of everything. Other than the fact that, like, look, man, everything that he told you is absolutely true, yeah. and you couldn't reach a conclusion <laughs> based on that. And yeah. uh, I wish you had. Uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, such a great—he's such a great character, man. Uh, again, he's a character that you should love to hate, um,
3: but it's, for me, it's kind of difficult to hate him. He's Rick Flair. Okay. Well, I think you know, you know I think you know—we've already kind of established that Robert <clears throat> is bad at being king. You know, they're both of them in their own way are—you know—they're great at war. They're great mm-hmm. at winning the crown, but they're—they're they're just neither of them, for different reasons, is suited for what comes next. Right. And
1: and the queen tells Ned that in the last episode, and like, "You really?" Or is that it? Maybe this episode. Yeah, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. You know, so sorry, don't want to do that. The other part in this garden scene is like he's like, "Hey, as you're doing all your sneaking around, you need to go into town and speak to the like the what's the artistry person called there, brother Beavis? the, the artistry person. It's no, map. the uh, the yeah, the yeah. the, the, the so yeah, the Smith. You need to go into town and talk to that particular gentleman. Um, uh, you know, when you get to But he also tells him like, "Look, is there somebody
3: in your company that you trust completely?" Yeah.
1: And he's like, uh, "Yeah, there oh, is."
3: no, yeah, they're trying to get a hold of Sir Hugh, who was John Aaron Squire. That's the one yeah. thing. That's what Ned was actually trying to figure out. Yeah. Oh, okay. And That's so, true. and so, Littlefinger gives him a lesson. He's like. Yeah, whatever. Here's what you really need to do. But if you're going to go talk to Sir Hugh, you can't do it. He's like he's trying to teach him. Like Littlefinger really is like, I would be more than happy for you to rise to power with my hand straight up your ass as my puppet. And but I'm going to see if I'm going to I'm going to try this out and see if it's a good fit. And that's that's what Littlefinger's doing right now. He's like, so here here's how you deal with Sir Hugh. But here's what you really need to do. You need to go talk to this Smith.
0: Yeah,
1: and. Sir Hugh was the squire for John Aaron who shortly after he died was knighted um, which was not exactly you know not something that just happens like automatically um, so that made that was also kind of suspicious he does drop in there that Grand Meister Chrysler was just somebody to just be talking all the time and just tell everybody everything to uh, so yeah this is a really great scene um, and as we shift hold on I had to shift my notes as well uh yeah, so visit the armory, Sir Hugh. I had it, man. It was just on a different page. And so he sends what's his what's his dude's name that goes and sees Sir Hugh? Yuri. Yori, Yuri, okay. So Yuri goes to see him. Um, it doesn't go well because he's like, I'm a knight, bitch. I don't like Never. to talk to you and I'm trying to get ready for this tournament to go joust. And um you know, so he doesn't have really, you know, any time for him. And so when Yuri goes back to tell Ned Ned's on his way to the armory, and he's like, man, you really shouldn't be here. He's like, ah, you know, freaking knights, they're all freaking pansies, and, you know, whatever up there. And so he goes to this armory in town, and everybody can see him. And after freaking Littlefinger told him, like, there's spies everywhere, dude. He takes himself mm-hmm. into the busiest part of town, vis- clearly visible to everybody that's around to go see mm-hmm. uh, the armory person. And yeah. Uh, the overall part of this, to kind of to make it the quick part of it, is that uh, there's a kid working in the back. Um, you know, he's like, "Hey, show me, you know, the things that show me the thing that you made." Oh, okay, you know, yeah, John would come here and visit him, and he would ask you questions like, "What was your mama's name?" And you know, all these types of things. And he's like, "Ah, you know, I don't Do you like movies about gladiators." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah there's, uh, yeah, there's. He's just asking him, and it is kind of weird too. It's like, why
1: does this old man coming and visit me every week? Um, and he, the overall point of this is that you know Ned, after reading the book, because hopefully he had a lot of pictures, because Ned don't read. Um, he like sees this kid, and he's looking. And he's like, "Look at me again. He's like, let me see you." And he kind of looks him up and down.
4: You know, kind
1: of turns to the side or whatever. He's like, mm, "Okay." All right. And he tells the armorers, like, hey, if this kid ever wants to, you know, pick up a sword as opposed to making them, you know, you come and find me, as soon, you know, whatever. And then when he gets to Yuri, he's like, oh, what was that all about? Like, I think I just found Robert's bastard. And, you know, and then cut scene. So Robert, and in his, and his kinging, um, has taken the king's privilege um, on numerous occasions <laughs> um, <laughs> with numerous women uh, as uh, he still. And- not over uh, Ned's sister, and so he just goes and, um, like, kind of fucks people and has kids, this one being one of them. But the funny thing is here is that kid's a certain age. How, is, has
3: it been established how long Robert's been king? Uh, there's a scene with Cersei and him, and it's like... Uh, I, It's at least, like, 15 years, I think. Oh, there's a scene where they actually call it out. But it's been okay. a while. Yeah. Okay. I
1: said it, it. I guess it kind of feels... It, it feels kind of... Maybe because we're just watching it because it's fresh. It feels like it's just fresh. Like he's been king for like a few right. years. But as you see it, you know, he's got, you know, fairly, you know, a fairly older teenage son and these other kids as well. But then on top of that, he's got this, this bastard as well. Um.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so if you figure that, yeah. like... um. So Ned was not married at the time. None of them mm-hmm. were, and Rob right. is like eighteen or okay. seventeen or something like that. So yeah, right. But no, I think actually, yeah, no, Rob was. It, yeah, you know, it's been like seventeen, eighteen years. Hmm. Okay.
0: All
4: right.
3: Well,
0: there was also I had another note
1: here too about this idea about people having yellow hair. Um, that's a a a, a red herring too, so to speak um about, you know, this idea of what their kids are going to look like after they get born, about who the, the parent it is. Uh and that is part of really the book that Ned had picked up from Grandmaster Pisel is that the lineage of all the, the royals in there is like, okay, this kid was born, his birth his or his born day is this, and he was born with yellow hair, brown hair, or whatever, those types of things. And so that becomes important moving forward. Uh, when we're looking for uh, parentage of some of the people in the kingdom. Um, so, all right. Backs outside, do uh, uh, the king's castle, uh, and we're outside of Robert's room. This is where the nudity came in, dude. This is the N-word.
3: Well, there yeah. are, uh One of the handmaidens, <laughs> she already showed nipple and sideboob. Yeah. When she just... Get on with it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 But I think we get I think we get a, a a handmaiden or whatever run outside here while Jamie's guarding the door.
3: Uh, so well, one has, just, I got it on. One of them just came out closed. Or
2: yeah, closed. I, 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 they're all there's
3: like closed. a several more coming. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Yuri has a note uh, <laughs> from his teacher
1: uh, to give to the king, and um, guarding the door is Jaime sure. Lannister. And uh, Jamie and Yuri actually have a fairly nice scene together because I guess they fought together in one of these battles. And, you know, there's like a little bit more mutual respect that Jamie has for Yuri than he does for Ned. Mm. Um, yeah.
5: Right.
1: And he, you know, he's like, oh, you know, they talk about the battle that they had, but he also is like, you know what, listen, how many girls do you think are in there? He's like, I don't know, five? Meh. He's like, he does this to me. He makes me guard watch as he defiles like my sister's like good name while he fucks around with whores and um it, you know and again based on what we know from the first few episodes Jamie and his sister have a quite the inappropriate close relationship with one another so this doesn't make uh, Jamie happy at all like at all uh yep. but the idea that Yuri's gonna he's got a note to give to Robert from there. He's like, I'm not Ed's like handmaiden or whatever. I'm like, I'm not giving him any notes. You know, if he has something to say to Robert, he needs to do it on his damn. And that's pretty much it. You know. A, a, a fun scene. Uh you got girls going over. And the best part is you can hear Robert in the background Get over <laughs>
5: Yeah,
4: he
1: he's got a great voice for the king and, you know, you really are struck by how often or how less you see of him four episodes through. Like, he's only in, like, very short amounts of scenes in the first few episodes, and that only changes here as you get near the end of season one, where he starts to appear a little bit more frequently. He comes back in this episode. Uh, I'm a big fan of King Robert. I don't know how y'all are, but I, I, I like King Robert, just the character in and of itself.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit, but, I mean, he definitely has his most <laughs> Larry. Yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, yeah. You you know he's a jerk, but you
3: know he's hilarious there. So yeah, I think yeah. his performance stands out because he, as they say, chews scenery like overacts in a way that most people don't. But he's just sort of this larger than life character, and uh, he has he has great scenes, but he also has yeah. stuff where he's just like making noise.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> There is a line about
1: a throwaway Greyjoy line in there, too, about uh, Theon. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, oh, he's like, oh, he's a good dude. He's like, well, I doubt it.
4: As <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we get towards the dealing with the Greyjoys, you'll notice that nobody really fucks with them, to be honest with you. Uh, this is not a good group of folks. Uh, and 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 earn and well earned hate, um,
1: just well earned. Uh, good lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. all right. <laughs> Back to the wall. Um, there's a conversation about between the people that uh, I, what is it? Pip is one of the dudes. What is yeah. What are the other Pip and, two dudes? Pip
3: and Grin. Grant. Pip Grin. and or are John's boys.
1: Okay. okay, and who's the other dude? Uh the one that's like, I'm going to cut some bacon off of Sam's back. Like, oh God,
3: I'm going to cut your bacon
4: piggy's back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Yeah.
3: Um, I think that comes directly from the book. I want, I am i don't know if it's, it's not Sir Alistair, there's a character named Sir Alistair Thorne, but I think that's, that's the guy who's that's like all bossing him them around.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I that,
3: don't know that what that guy's out. name is. Okay, yeah. well, they're, you know, they're, John's
1: like, look, we're not going to do anything to him. That dude's like, shoot, I'm going to yeah get some bacon off of his back or whatever. And so John goes and performs a, a code red um, <laughs> on him. <laughs> he's like, look, you're not going to touch him. If you touch him, you're going to have to deal with me. And so when we get out to the training thing, uh, he's like, all right, fight. And Don't they spot? Got- Is
3: there, there's a wolf sighting here too, isn't there? Oh,
1: yeah, that's right, was... yeah, that's right, well, his dire wolf. Not uh, me,
3: you got the old creepy-ass wolf. Yeah, exactly. And, and known, a known scrotum biter.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 and,
1: yeah <laughs> and a topic is puller outer. Um, <laughs> so Yeah, I did forget about that. So, yeah, John's in full protection mode, and they go out to fight. Um, it's just like, okay, ew, here, beat, and then Sam does something, he swings, I like, yield, I yield and then the dude I think it's Horn is the the guy that's training them or overseeing the training and he's like, Come on, get in there and you know, it just doesn't work out. Nobody
3: <laughs> just, wants to fuck
4: <laughs> He just
3: gives him a little swat on the arm. <laughs> yeah,
4: he's like, I yield yield. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> so so uh,
1: Horn, reco- Horn recognizes immediately. John's got this smirk on his face, like, I
4: don't know
1: what's happening here. And he recognizes immediately that this is some bullshit. And he's like, you know what, you two get the hell out of here. Go clean the tables or do something like that. And Sam or him are sent off to, you know, the up in the lunchroom. Um, it's a fun scene or whatever. And, again, it establishes the huge bond that's going to be between Sam and John Snow. Um, so, yeah, all right.
3: Back to the Dothraki. Um, but he does drop. He's like, hey, look, you know, you think you're being nice, but we live in a different world. And once we go out there, he, you know, the reason, like, we're hard on everybody is because we're all going to die. It's like, yeah. you know, if, if this is the way right. you want it, we're all going to die. Yeah. Is, oh, is there a, and then there's is, a wig snatch. Real quick, yeah. <laughs> is, there
2: a reason, is there a reason that, um, what's the name, Thorne is such a dick to uh, John Snow? outside of he's just an ass in general. This this isn't uh, the first or last time we're going to see that. Well, I think that,
3: you know, there's a lot of people who, like, are not of means there, and so anyone who is, I think already starts off on, like, a bad foot. So, like, if you're, you're like, they call him Lord Snow, like, you're raised by the Lord of the North, but you're a bastard, so whatever you think you are, you're not, and whatever you think I am, fuck you. That's basically the relationship
2: right bring right.
3: him low yeah that
1: makes sense yeah okay i mean yeah break them down i mean it's kind of in like the military you know people come into boot camp like down. that and they break them down completely before they build them back up so i mean it's it you know i could i could see how that absolutely goes alan um oh. but, all right so back to the dothraki um the is mad again because he's never he's had niche. it uh yeah, exactly. Ferris <laughs> is mad. Uh, he's like, why did I bring... And I think he brings her in, too. Like, I think he, yeah, drags, he drags her in by the hair.
3: Yeah, he, um, yeah, he snatches her out. wig and drags her in by the hair. Like, you trying
4: <laughs> to manipulate me with this bitch? No, no I, don't I don't think so. You don't I, command <laughs> me? Yeah, he's
1: like, yeah. you don't command me. I, You know, he's like... And she's like, I'm trying to help you, whatever. Like, look, I even made you a gift. And he's like, Don't
4: am you, rags, bitch! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, dude has, like, spit coming out of his mouth. He is so, like, insulted by anything that she does related to the rocky, And she was like, oh, you know, uh the next thing you're going to do is try to braid my hair. And then she drives like, braid your hair? You ain't not won no battles.
4: <laughs> 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 what?
1: <laughs> it goes off. And then he he's like, oh, now you done woke in the dragon, which is the most assarin <laughs> line of all. Yeah, you
2: woke in the dragon.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, bitch,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah He's such a... it was so, it was so funny.
1: Yeah. It's was... yeah. it was... it, 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 it's great. He's such... he. I don't know if I've ever seen that dude in anything else, but I would watch whatever he's in as long as he's being a peenie. If you if you like
3: look at a picture of him, go look at a <laughs> picture of him. you will be like, what? What? Yeah. yeah uh,
1: okay. It's, he's it's just like a dork. I'm sure. It's the weeks. Uh, and then uh, after she's woken the dragon, he grabs her, and then she hits him. And uh, she's like, you hit me again. You know, I will unleash all the wrath of Look, I am a Khaleesi, you know, whatever. And then his face walking out is precious, too.
4: He's like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She
1: wrecked him across the face i mean i don't know how anybody thought this dude was going to lead anybody to anywhere he couldn't lead dogs to water man he's just a terrible terrible person um uh but you know he's also full of privilege and thinking that it's his birthright to be king so uh just just a, a good scene uh don't get used to him that's basically what we can say um (laughs) <laughs> and so we get to the uh, the cleaning table scene, and then the scene that Brother Beavis alluded to with Horn, uh, coming to talk to them. They're cleaning the tables, and they're having this conversation about, um, uh, like, well, whores. Uh, both of them admit to each other that they're virgins. Uh, and uh, Sam is like, I can't believe that. Like, you probably had a hundred girls. He's like, No. Like, um, what, well, you didn't know where to put it. He's like, I know where to put it. You know. <laughs> a
4: really fun
1: scene but John is a tortured soul in a sense he's like you know what's my what's my name or whatever and why is it that like because you're a bastard he's like well I wouldn't do that to any kid you know and have that kid okay. grow up the way that I had to grow up you know so uh, you know whatever and it's also Roz by the way that he had a chance to be with Roz from the first part of this episode um side the other topic um it was You know, I start to look for cons that are in my area or whatever to see if we can, you know, get media press or whatever. She was at one of them. And I was like, oh, fuck. I would really like to make that happen. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, uh, Roz is quite the hottie. Uh, Yeah, big fan of Roz. That's my cat. Bites me during this podcast. Stop biting me. All right. So, um. So Horn comes in, and then he tells of, you know, he sees them frolicking and laughing while they're cleaning the tables, and he goes off, really, like verbally, you know, uh, until oh, yeah. the last time of the winter. And I was like, man, do you realize how bad it was? You know, it was so dark you couldn't even find your cock to take a piss. And, you know, we, we ate, like, the horses first, and then, you know, a thick, fat dude like you, Samuel Tarly, we could have lasted two weeks on you. <laughs> you know, if he's a fort a fortnight. Uh, you know, he's like, man, like, you know, he's really trying to explain to them, like, this shit is fucked up, and y'all think it's just a game. And we're, I'm gonna die, you're gonna die, we're all gonna die here. And you know, we might as well try to make the best of it and try to do your best or whatever. But it's a great scene. is uh, a
2: good character too. He's just a jerk. Yeah, he's just mm-hmm. an ass. I mean, but this this series is full of asses, so whatever. It's normal. Yeah.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: So uh,
1: there's that, and then let's see. I got uh, who is the true king? That's another scene with Jorah and Khaleesi. Explain that. Uh, explain that one to me, brother B,
3: because my notes got a little goofy here. Let's see. I got a fast forward. No problem. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, I'm doing this, He he looked like he lectured them bitches for a long time. Okay. Yeah. He says he uh uh, but I'm having something here about Jorah wanting to go home. Yeah, this is where she's like, oh, yeah, she she realizes why, go ahead,
1: no, she realizes where her brother is not really, like, a real leader, like, he's not going to be able to lead, you know, to get us back to the, you know, put the family back on the throne.
3: Right, yeah, she realized, so this is sort of dispelling her, you know, her, 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 remake the Targaryen army. Like yeah, your phone right? Yeah, you're breaking up. Yeah, you're breaking up there. Basically, she figures out he's a little bitch. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and
1: yeah, and, she, and and it's a good scene for Khaleesi in the sense that you know, like she's now realizing that if that's going to happen, if the Targaryens are going to be back at the top of the Seven Kingdoms, it's going to have to come through her. Through her relationship with Cal and um, and the Doth Rocky. Um, so, all right. We get back to the hands tournament. Um, again, Ned's not there because he has no wanting to be a part of it, but the King is there. I finally get a chance to see King Robert. He is back, uh, and they're getting ready for the jousting tournament. Um, you see Littlefinger uh, kind of working his way through the crowd, kind of like the mayor. Uh King Robert is like, start that damn turn before I piss <laughs> myself. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, um and he tells the story of how he got the nickname Littlefinger, which sounds like a bullshit story. Um and uh so, you know, and there's we have this scene here where it's a jousting scene. Now we have Sir Hugh of the Vale, uh again, former squire of John Aaron. And then we have the other Jousting component and a big old freaking <laughs> um armor suit of armor. That is uh, Grigor. What's his last name? Oh God, I can't remember he's, now. He's Grigor of something. Uh,
3: he is the brother of who's the the two brothers? Who are the two brothers? Brother are The, They're the Clegane's. Can you guys hear Yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit better.
1: or not. You there, Brother Beavis? Yeah, um, I'm here. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, so sorry about that. So, yeah, yeah so, so he's Gregor
3: Clegane, uh, yeah. of, and his brother Sandor is the Hound, but they're the, okay. yeah, the Clegane okay. brothers. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get the uh, the joust
1: between the two of them. Um, it doesn't work out so much for uh, Sir <laughs> Hugh of the Vale. <laughs> uh, the the first run through, if nothing happens. The second run through, um, yeah, uh, he gets a yeah. jousting whatever essentially through his neck. Uh, he falls off. And, again, like I said before we started recording, you know, my wife does not do violence and blood. And she was able to get through, like, the third episode or the second and the third episodes. But the violence comes back pretty strong in this one as you see blood just gushing and gushing out of this dude's neck. As he chokes and dies, oh, um, like right there in front of everybody, it's really um, a kind of a gruesome scene. And to the fact that everybody is gasping, including the king, and was like, <gasps> uh, you know," watching him kind of get choked out here. I-, I guess you don't die in jousting, typically. Is that the the point, brother? Beers?
3: Yeah, you're just supposed to be unhorsed. I think in the first pass, maybe they knock the guard off his joust or whatever. And the second one, is is uh, his lance splinters and takes a uh, Sir Hugh takes one in the neck. Yeah, And as he's sitting there choking on
1: his blood and dying, uh, Littlefinger decides to tell uh, Sansa <laughs> to, the, the quaint tale of the Klikor brothers. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, do you know the story? Is that how he uh, became like that? And, you know, little the, the bigger one pushed the little one's face into some fire, and that's how he got to be that way. And because he was playing with one of his toys. And they hate each other, and that'll come up later on. But that's pretty much it. Uh, at this point in time, you don't really know that. Um, I keep wanting to call him the. What's? It's not the wall.
2: What's the other dude's name? The hound.
1: The, uh-huh. the hound. I can't get that right. The, uh-huh. you, you don't really know kind of where he is at this point. You know he killed the baker's boy, but you don't really know like how evil he is. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not really, not really explained yet. He's just kind of like a, a dude in the background at this point, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, the one thing you can say about him, he's like Joffrey's boy. So whatever you think about Joffrey, you sort of assume the Hound has those problems. But you've seen, like, good exchanges with him and Tyrion, and you get a real good feel for him here in just a few minutes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Before that, the Queen visits Ned, uh, and this is the scene I was talking about before. And, you know, they have this back and forth about, you know, why are you here? Uh, sorry, we got off into a bad foot when I made you kill your freaking daughter's thing or whatever. Um, but she told, she tells him straight out, he's like, well, you really, you can't save Robert. Like, he's just on a path for destruction, nothing that you can do. And he's like, well, if that's the case, then that's the case. And she's like, you're just really a soldier. You know, your brother was, you know, made to lead. You were just made to follow. And, you know. Yeah, but he's also like I was made to kill my enemies and she turns to him before she walks out I was like yeah so was I. And then boom. Uh Now again, Cersei is somebody too that's been kind of sporadically in the series here and you know kind of almost absent completely from this episode at least in terms of dialogue. You know, don't underestimate her basically. You know, she's somebody who's in quite control of her um except for her ability to, you know, fucking resist her brother. She's been quite control of everything else that's going on around her. Um, so it, it, it's a great scene, too. All right. and yeah, you know, yeah. you know, Regardless
3: of how anything turns out for anybody, I think with so many characters at this point, it's an interesting exercise to try and think about, like, who is this story really about? Who's right. the star of this? And whose story are we really telling here? And yeah. well, no matter what you think, you're probably wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
3: there's not a there's so many there's not and there's a
1: central theme but there's so many threads attached to it that you can't really figure it all out either you know what i mean like if you mm. pull on one it's like it's going to f- fall apart completely but it really doesn't because the, the the overall thread is strong enough to be able to carry all these side stories uh all the way through um the final scene is at a local tavern <laughs> as um Lady Stark has made her way back from uh, King's Landing uh, in the previous episode after seeing Ned off, She's heading back towards um, Winterfell. Tyrion is heading <laughs> back to King's Landing, and they are going to come across each other at this tavern, um, but not on purpose, obviously. She's there. Tyrion comes in uh, looking for a drink and other things, um, and she tries to hide herself. And Obi-Wan Kenobi, quite fashion, with the hood on there. <laughs> and Tyrion Caesar, like, Lady Stark, hey, what's going on? I was wondering why you didn't greet me at Winterfell. And then, um, how do I say this? Um, Lady Stark pushes a ball forward that you don't see that has unbelievable <laughs> consequences <laughs> to which, uh, uh Just... Uh, she she makes a decision here that's going to have massive, massive consequences okay. moving forward. Uh, and so uh, she just name checks every sigil that's in there. It's like, hey, you know, dude, your father knew my father, whatever, and he was loyal, yeah. And then you, I recognize your sigil too, your house, blah, blah, whatever. And then, I mean, she just goes around the room and it's like, in the name of my father, blah, 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 um, I'm going to place like this dude into custody, and Tyrion into custody, and then they all stand up, swords drawn, and Tyrion's sitting there, Scooby Doo like Whoop! he didn't see that coming. <laughs> of all the things he has seen coming, he definitely doesn't see that one coming. Um, and then that's it; they take him into custody, uh, and they go to black. But there is a scene there, and uh, help me out here, brother Beavis. Um, a dude that's going to be real close to Tyrion there. As Tyrion's looking for a room. I think the whole the hotel or whatever was full. And he Brown. was asking for somebody to give up his room and he's this he dude's like, Yeah, I'll give up my room. What is that dude's name? He's important later on. Braun, yeah. Braun, Bron, yeah. Bron, yeah, okay. yeah because He 'cause he doesn't name check him because we don't know his name yet, but Braun becomes very important, especially in the next episode next two episodes. Uh and then that's it. It cuts to black and that's the end
3: of episode four. And so, all right. Uh who wins the week, uh, Brother Beavis? So, we've talked about this on many occasions, how Caitlyn makes no good decisions throughout this. But the way she pulls off this closing scene is baller as hell. Um, (laughs) So, and and the fact that she gets over on Tyrion in a way that a lot of people don't, I give it to her.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, That's a good call, uh, Lady Stark. She does not get a lot of Ws. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. Uh, man. Who wins the week?
2: Oh, I don't know if I can go against that. That's probably the yeah uh, the best one. I can't think of anybody else who has a uh, this, uh decisive win like that. Because I mean, just the look on uh, Tyrion's face <laughs> at the end of the series. I mean, he's completely surrounded by the entire tavern at yeah. you know at the back, and I mean, and and he shuts the fuck up. He doesn't say a damn thing. No remarks. Yeah. He's gonna be dead, you know, so yeah, I have to give it up for that. I'm
1: gonna give it I'm gonna give it to Khaleesi. Uh I think her turn is like, you know what? Um like I'm my own person now. Like after she's finally realized her brother is completely full of shit. Um <laughs> it's like, you know what? Um if this is going to happen it's gonna be on my name, my back and my people. And uh I think that's a good turn for her. Um there's parts of this, there's a good portions of this series where I'm not a fan of Khaleesi at all and Daenerys. Uh, and there's also parts of it where I'm like a huge fan of hers and I'm cheering for, you know, you know, with the biggest <laughs> pom poms ever. Um, this version of her in this early parts, like I'm, I'm kind of a fan of, so I'll, I'll give it to her. Um, okay. We won't go with losers of the week. I think just to see who wins.
3: So that's episode four. Overall, what's your impression? This was, you know, it, this was a little filler. I think it had a great ending, but it was really just sort of, you know, not that nothing was happening, but mostly it was just moving the story along. Um, I, I think the big reveal as far as Ned sort of getting a little bit more of the story, it's hard to really get the sense of the significance of that at this point. So it was, it was good, good, but it was really just sort of serving the larger story of the season. What do you think there, are
2: Still a good episode. I mean, yeah, it was kind of like a day in the life in Westerosi and, I guess, Ethos, too. Uh, And, yeah, as as Beavis pretty much just said, the plot moves forward. Major things kind of do happen, at least at the end. Um, Like we uh, were talking before we started, introductions to a lot of people that we're going to be seeing around uh, for a long time, major people. So uh, still a good episode. Yeah. I I I it a little
1: bit high maybe because of the the introduction to all the people. And again, moving forward, it's just like, Man, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, that dude and that dude and that dude and that dude and that dude. And, that dude. and so, you know, it's like uh it's like um uh a uh issue of a comic book that had like the first appearance of a bunch of people in it. You know, it's like, oh shit, that one's gonna be worth why is that book so worth so much money? Oh, it's the first appearance of whole door. You know, so I <laughs> had to pick that one right. it was the first appearance of you know, of this particular person. So that's why it's so valuable. So because it has uh, so many of those um between Bronn, who I'd forgotten and Holdor and Sam, I mean it's like, man, this is a really popular issue here. Um in the mountain. Yeah, in the mountain, that's right. Yeah. I mean yeah. he becomes so important, uh, even in the next episode. So um uh,
4: yeah. those.
1: Yeah, Okay, so that wraps up season 1 episode 4, uh Cripples, Bastards and Broken Things. Um Yeah, okay. So that is wrap that up. Remember this podcast can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh rate, review, subscribe. Um you can find it also on what, Podbean. Um I I did a brothers comics search the other day like just as a Google search and I found it like listed on all of these like kind of sub like tweeted essentially like a podcasting sites. So I was like, Oh, oh, I didn't know we were listed on there. There were so many of them that I couldn't even like even think about telling them all to you. But yeah, if you search Brothers Comics in Google, uh, you'll be able to find the website, you'll be able to find the podcast, you'll be able to find pretty much whatever it needs. You can find uh me on uh Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Brothers Comics. You can find Sandman at on Facebook and Twitter at Sandman415. Uh, Brother Beavis is in the ether. You won't be able to find him on social media, but if you need to get to him, you can easily get to him through one of us. Um, remember, this podcast is part of the Brothers Comics Podcasting Network. Uh, so many podcasts, find a show, find your life. Uh, the intersection with my life. Um, this week in the association with Will Stacks. Um, Unmasked, the Mr. Robot podcast. Um, uh, and the Marvel Hacks with these two gentlemen before I forget uh, the Marvel Hacks as we are probably going to get an episode of that
4: in this
0: week
1: um, we were talking a little bit about that before so if you're into, into comic books and whatnot, that would be a podcast for you and of course the Brothers Comics Podcast which is the flagship um, real quick as a side topic as we always do here has anybody had a chance to see the first two episodes of Black Lightning I just the watched the first
2: episode. one last night yeah, I, I right? didn't I didn't see the second one. I
1: didn't see the second one. Okay, I seen them both. What did you think of the first the the pilot?
2: I was surprised. Um I actually it actually had something to say about the uh the community and and the obviously we're talking about the black community here and uh, it shows some of the things that <laughs> a lot of black people have to deal with every day of their lives. You know, being pulled over by the police, being harassed, you know, uh gangs, um uh, challenge of education and stuff. <laughs> so they they kinda of went towards the jugular. Uh I was a little mm. surprised it wasn't a little more uh flighty like some of the other and I don't mean that in a bad thing. in a, in a bad in way. In the Arrowverse yeah. shows. Yes, the Arrowverse, you know, there's there's a a level of I won't say goofiness, but there's just a level of um, of of light, <laughs> if you if you know yeah. what I mean. And yeah. this isn't going for that at all. So I was yeah. kinda pleased to
1: see that. Yeah, I I remarked to somebody that show is black as fuck. Holy <laughs> crap. Um, <laughs> like I I've never on a public television show seen a show like that uh to be as black as it
3: is. Holy moly. Uh what did you think of it, brother Peter? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of echo that. I mean, uh you know, being a child of white privilege, uh, it's you know not <laughs> as easy for me to relate to that, but the fact that you know, like you yeah, said, like day it. in the life is is now you know the subject of a, a a well-funded, well-made TV show, and put a lot of these things right in people's face. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's powerful and it's important. I mean, the show itself was not at all CWE, which was yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. It yeah. might end up being garbage, but in some ways, the fact that it exists, I think, is significant. Right. Yeah, I thought that. Um. I thought
1: that I was like I remember watching it. I was like the least interesting parts of that show were when he was Black Lightning. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Which were know, fine, the, which
3: were fine. That's and that's not to yeah. say that like that part wasn't done well or anything. But yeah, yeah, no, exactly, yeah.
1: But it was much more compelling when he's not Black Lightning. The stuff that are right. surrounding everything else to the show. I was like, wow, okay. Oh yeah, there's a superhero in here. Too. You know, <laughs> okay. Right. I forgot about that part. You know, so. As always, though, and if, I've, I've seen that episode, too, last night, as always, the villain will drive this whole thing as as much as they can do compelling emotional drama about, you know, social issues. It is still a superhero show, and people will start to tune in for it because of, you know, the heroes and the villains. And the villain of this thing, you know, is a little, a little hokey and a little... It was a little hokey, uh, you know, and his and his motives are not yet known. But, I mean, two episodes in, uh, uh, I thought it was great, uh, to be honest with you. I thought it was great. I was like, wow, I'm completely surprised by this. Uh, I was not expecting what I got, and so I'm uh, definitely
3: looking forward to uh, seeing how and where they go with this show. So. There's sort of Just a bizarre irony in that the, the villain is an albino black dude. It's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, still a white man. It's still a white man in a way, keeping the man. Down. You know, it's
4: just yeah, <laughs> right.
3: yeah. I mean, and and, then, and again, that's not. And I'm
1: sure, based on everything else about that show, that is not a coincidence.
4: Yeah. And yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Good show. Uh, definitely different from the Arrowverse. Uh, glad they made the decision to not conclude that. Although I would imagine. The more popular it gets, the more chances that it'll wind up sliding over somehow, some way, in some version. Uh, it, they'll figure it out. You know, Barry'll break the fucking time continuum again yeah. and something will happen. <laughs> it, it, it's inevitable. Speaking of
3: the Arrowverse, because I I kind of dropped out of that, but I I had heard the crossover was good, and I tried to watch it, and it is it's so heavy with people's hurt feelings and their relationships falling apart. Like, yeah. I couldn't even get through, like, the first half of the first episode. Because I'm oh, like, wow. I don't... Why couldn't everyone leave their butt hurt aside for four episodes? <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> is about them all being butt hurt at each other. I'm like, oh, CW! <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: Two words. Hello. Go, real
1: Guggen quick, though. Guggenheim.
4: Yeah.
1: Mm.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's him. Guggenheim. Yeah. Go ahead, Sammy.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say it's... Uh... Not so ironic that um, Black Lightning comes out exactly three weeks before Marvel's Black Panther. Uh, that yeah. was no mistake, by the way. <laughs> no. Wonder.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Well, that we'll save that for the Marvel hacks, but yes, yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to that. Still, um, that that's going to be
4: ridiculous. All right.
1: Okay. So as we begin wrap up, as the uh, Game of Thrones
2: music starts to take us out,
1: uh, Sam, man, go ahead and sign off.
2: All right, y'all. This is Sir Sam, man. Galloping away at I Don't Know How to Ride a Horse. God help me.
1: Black <laughs> people don't fuck with horses, man. All right. Yeah, and uh, <laughs>
0: Brother Peebles, go ahead and sign off. All right. Uh, enjoying this
3: last gasp before I get oppressed for the you know 28 days of
0: 2018.
5: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's, right. <laughs>
0: that's right. It's coming up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Your muscles going second. Yeah. I got <laughs> it. The, the bottom bitch of Brothers Comics, February every year. <laughs> it's only 28 days. You'll be all right. I don't, I don't know <laughs>
5: how you guys do this. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh, it is oppression. I used that joke last year, but whatever. Still fun. It's all, it, it still plays. All right. So, <laughs> pod, pod, podcast oppression will begin in two weeks. All right, people. We'll see you on the other side. Peace.
5: Peace.